We have 21 waiting. What? They're champ. What is it? Champing at the bit? Chomping? No, I don't think it's chomping. I think it's champing. Because that's know. like what a horse does. You're telling me it's not chomping at the bit? What? But it's, it's chomping. Webster says champ at the bit is to show impatience at restraint and be restless. Wrong. No. That is not right. No. You're telling a me chomp at the bit is a variation, but no, um, the expression is chomping at the bit. I'm pretty sure the expression for is the record, the by bit. the way, did you know that it's eat your cake and have it too, not have your cake and eat it too? That that oh, blows really? my mind. That's, yes. Oh, we're I live. Yes. Oh, heck yeah. Here we're discussing uh, old sayings on Switchcast, the the warm up round. Uh, <laughs> this all started because so many people were waiting in the chat uh, to watch us live, and we appreciate you. And we couldn't uh, determine we were having an argument whether it was chomping at the bit or champing at the bit. Uh, Show us in boy, chat. If that's what an you argument for is, us. Uh, I think we're doing pretty all right. That was, that was a casual conversation. It's a very high level. <laughs> It's as heated Semantic. as it gets around here. No, uh, I don't yes. think so. <laughs> it's scary how well you do that. Okay, on topic, welcome back to SwitchCast Live. I'm your host, Doug Tabbitt, founder of Switch Cars, Cannonball Run, record holder, and SwitchCast is the automotive-related podcast where we are searching for truth and humor in the car industry. Gonna fire my staff who put a phone out here in the lunchroom slash podcast studio. <laughs> That's so great. So oh, we're not we're not taking the call this week. Out. Oh. No, we're not taking the call this week. That was actually, I mean, that made did, it. We the, did yeah. start out as a call-in show, and then it's unintentionally we call-in show. Now. We've unintentionally come full circle. Maybe we should just leave that there, and and that'll be our thing. Like a uh, customer calls in, but put it into the episode. I guarantee of last you, that's week, like so. a listener that found your number online. It's like all right, as soon as no, they start. No, it wasn't. It <laughs> well, was, no, no, no. It, the one that just called. Oh, I don't know. You can you can look at the number and g- reverse. I think I can like something. dock somebody. Anyway, you gotta be careful. Huh? <laughs> Exciting times here already. Yeah, we we might be able to work that in the future. Um, I'm gonna be struggling with my mic stand here all night. Uh, okay, well, uh, uh, Switchcast is the automotive related podcast where we're searching for truth and humor in the car industry. If it ain't true, it better be funny. Tonight, we have some exciting news. Uh, There's been a number of articles about EVs that we want to discuss, but we don't want to um, beat a dead horse uh, before it needs recharged. That's an EV joke. Nobody hey, got it. Sorry. Okay. I was yeah. preparing for the pod for the discussions. We're, we're working yeah, right we're here. Uh, but we do have some other things that we need to touch on first. And one of them is there is a new cannonball record. This is a very, very important cannonball record. But because this is a show, we're going to tease that right off the bat and come back to it. I'm excited to learn. I've refrained from asking you what the heck is going on until tonight so I can learn. Right. Right. Uh, This is, um, yeah, this is exciting. Very exciting. Um, However, we want to start out like we did last week with a couple of our segments that are usually deeper into the episode just to change things up. And we're going to start out with uh, the appraiser, which used to be Tyler and I guessing about the values of cars coming up on auction, but it's kind of evolved a little bit. And uh, this week we're covering a couple things that happened on auctions because we like 
evaluating different auction platforms and things that go on because man the car business is exciting every week there's some thing that goes wrong or right or sideways or whatever and uh on the ev topic that we aren't getting to yet but <laughs> uh there was a rolls royce specter launch edition on bring a trailer now, this is the first one to publicly sell, and that's important. The Rolls-Royce Spectre is their new big-body, uh, super high-flutant, full-electric Rolls-Royce. I believe it is Rolls-Royce's first full-electric vehicle, and it was uh, uh, came to much hype. People were chomping at the bit we do have uh, it. live stats right here we've got three responses and two of them are chomping and one of them is champing so mm. we'll, i don't know if our audience is a representative sample um but we'll i'll keep tallying well correct <laughs> grammar is not a democracy anyway but uh i'm glad that we're winning <laughs> uh so yeah, it's, uh, you know, five, 600 horsepower gobs and gobs of torque. It has about a 250 mile range, which is not ideal for any vehicle. Uh, but as somebody pointed out, uh, people driving their Rolls Royce Spectres are likely not going on long road, tri road trips. Uh, but what made it interesting is that uh, the Rolls-Royce CEO came out before the Spectre was uh, delivered and said, if anyone flips one of these not like rolls it over but resells it they will be banned for life from buying a rolls royce which is a very bold statement right ferrari can make those kind of statements because they pretty much have a built-in lifetime customer base but rolls royce is seemingly <laughs> one of those companies always flirting with uh insolvency or or you know something like that so uh, multiple buyouts and different ownerships over the years. A, a lot of boutique luxury car makers are, are struggling with that at any given point. Aston Martin has, has struggled with it immensely. So it's not something as a CEO, I think I would ever want to say to my customers like, well, if you decide you sell it too soon, then you just can't ever buy one anymore. I, I'd say, no, no, we'll take you back. You can buy as many cars as you want. But I think it's also a marketing ploy for some people to create demand. It's like uh, putting a, a line outside of your nightclub. If you can't come in, then people want to come in. So if you can't resell the car, then people think, oh, man, this this must be a, a great car, and it's going to go for way over sticker, which the sticker price, by the way, is an eye-watering half a million dollars with any ah. reasonable amount of options. It starts at $440,000, but a color-keyed, umbrella is $1,700. Does it also do your taxes while shielding you from the rain? That is excessive. It should do a lot more than that because <laughs> I think TurboTax is like 50 bucks. So, <laughs> But that would be funny because it would be a tax shelter. Ayo. Oh, that wasn't even on purpose. That no, was good. it wasn't. Well, if, if yeah, <laughs> if you could write off the umbrella, it would be a tax shelter. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> We're really reaching tonight. Um, however, um, it, this dealer listed it with 99 miles on Bring a Trailer. And, of course, everybody's saying, oh, man, you're going to get a lifetime ban from Rolls-Royce. I don't think the dealer cared. I don't think they were the ones that even ordered the thing new. So uh, somebody got banned. But uh, the interesting thing that I found was in searching the Rolls-Royce Spectres, this car was listed on other sites. 
for $540,000 while the auction was happening. Does that matter? Yes, it does. One, it's patently against bring a trailer rules because if you are auctioning a car on their platform, it is an exclusive listing. You cannot have the car for sale anywhere else. And people have gotten banned in the past for not following those rules or selling it during the course of the auction. And rightly so. They want to protect the integrity of the auction. If people are bidding, they want to know that they're bidding on a car that actually can be bought. Uh, but the odd thing was it was listed with a different VIN number. But in searching the photos, the sill plate had the same VIN number as the one in the auction. And the uh, odometer photo had the same mileage, same temperature, same ever Like, it, it was the same car. So I brought this up. Seller never responded. And somebody else said, well, that may be a, a, like a scam listing, right? A lot of people do that. They'll... Um, create a fake dealer online, get a cars.com or an auto trader account and list a bunch of cars at slightly below market value and then scam people. Um, so I said, Oh yeah, you know what? You're right. This is listed by a different dealer, but it's using all of the same seller from bringing trailers. Like they have their like watermark on the photo or their frame that has their company name and their phone number and everything. All that was on there. So I was like, all right, this is weird. So, the company that had it listed on this other site for 540k during the auction was a salvage dealer. But if you followed their parent company, it was uh, an exotic car rental company. And the exotic car rental company used the same logo as this other site that also had the car listed that when you followed their link, it went back to the seller's website on bring a trailer. So there's like four different companies all using the same logo, but listing this different Rolls Royce, but it was the same one just with a different VIN. I'm getting a little bit into the weeds here. However, it was all kind of real scammy scummy because they were trying to basically hide that they were selling this car somewhere else just by using a different VIN, but it was the same car and listing it under a different company, but it was the same company. Um, sure enough, all of those shenanigans tanked the auction and the high bid, uh, let's see, the MSRP is 520 grand. Remember the Rolls Royce CEO said no flipping, can't sell for over sticker. Well, it only got bid to 451,000. So, Proof that flippers don't make the market. The market makes the market. The market spoke and it said, we don't care about the newest EV Rolls Royce. And it didn't even get bid to sticker. And probably the best comment on the auction was, remember, this was a Rolls Royce Spectre launch edition. The best comment after the womp womp of the reserve not met was Rolls Royce Spectre failure to launch package. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> I like that. Did you see the doc fee? Yes, $2,000. What are they doing? How many documents can there be? Hank would have an aneurysm. He could buy a car for $2,000. Listen, I, I have defended doc fees forever. They have their place. But a $2,000 doc fee is insanity. Gosh. Be reasonable. Have it cover your costs of doing title work for the customer. Not like that is purely just profit. Unless oh, the title yeah. is as big as the car and it just takes you that much work no, to it's, fill it it's out. It's Florida. So. Florida dealers all have massive dock fees. Oh, weird. It's crazy. Ours is 250 bucks 
and that covers titling, license plates, temp tag, and all the wire fees and UPS and the people who want to put $5,000 on their credit card so they can get airline miles and all this crap. You know, it's just it. everything else gets negotiated. So the dock fee is the way of the dealer protecting like, okay, these are our transactional costs. You can't negotiate these out. Somebody tried, though. Oh, are you serious? Oh, yes. Who the heck comes here and buys something here and tries to negotiate away $250? Well, we're skipping to our wall of shame, <laughs> but this is our wall of shame. What? Here we go. Here we go. The wall of shame is the dealer's opportunity to make fun of customers who deserve to get negative reviews on Yelp, but you can't review a customer. So here we go. Uh, a customer was interested in a 1954 Austin Healey that we have, and it was listed for a very fair price. And I'll spare you all the details, but he negotiated down a few grand and we agreed on a price. We then, uh, and we had told him about the dock fee, as far as I know, it's $250, right? $41,000 plus $250 for the dock fee. Well, Mr. Austin Healy curmudgeon lost his mind at the dock fee and said, well, if you pay my sales tax, I'll pay your dock fee. Hold on a second. That doesn't math. No, it doesn't. <laughs> sales tax is more than 10 times as much as the dock fee. So we're like, no, you're out. Bye-bye. Not buying the car. Wow. Thankfully, because the next week, an identical twin to our car same year, same color, same condition, same restoration history, same length of ownership history. Like, you couldn't find two more exact classic cars if you went back to the factory. It sold for, so remember, we had a, a deal agreed on with this guy, 41000 plus dock fee. Sold for fifty eight grand on Bring a Trailer. Whoa. So we're like, all right, well, screw this. We underpriced our car. Happens wow. sometimes. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the longer you have the car, the more it's worth. So we raise the price everywhere, keep up with market. And then we're like, ah, screw it. Let's just run out and bring a trailer because, you know, maybe that's the best place to find the money for this particular car. Within one day of that happening, we get a credit card deposit for a car. And I'm like, hmm, wonder what this is. I went into our merchant account and read the notes on the transaction that the customer had entered. And he like took, put in quotes what he had been told verbally. And this was like three weeks ago that he bailed on the deal because of the doc. Oh, so the same guy. The same okay. guy. Sorry for <laughs> not being clear. The same guy still had the credit card link for deposit. So he sends in a deposit for the 1954 Austin Healey, and then puts in quotes, the $1,000 will go towards the purchase of the car and be on the invoice. We do have a $250 dock fee, so the total out-the-door price will be $41,250. He's basically like quoting what our sales guy told him verbally on the phone as a contractual agreement with this deposit on a Amazing. deal he bailed on three weeks ago because of a $250 dock fee. And then when we raised the price 10 grand to keep up with the market, he's like, Oh no, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Within 10 minutes, I canceled his payment. I'm like, Nope, <laughs> you missed out. Rejected. <laughs> it's not always that we win based on having a car too long, but every now and then 
it happens. Usually it's the other way around. We have plenty of price reductions in the last week. That's market. But I this was one was reading some guy trying to give you mad crap for lowering the price on the white 997 GT3 out there. That was ridiculous. <sighs> yes. Well, it's we're just keeping up with market. Goodness. Raise or lower. Sometimes either one works. <laughs> Yes. Alrighty, to wrap that up, SwitchCast is brought to you by BoxCast. BoxCast is a live streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers around the world. Their founders launched BoxCast back in 2013 with one purpose, to make people a part of the experience. So if you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, sporting event, wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, BoxCast is an easy and flexible live streaming platform for organizations. BoxCast is so easy, in fact, that we're broadcasting this show with a phone. So head on over to switchcars.com slash BoxCast for your free trial. And with that said, uh, we've got Hank the Corvette curmudgeon back in studio with us. Uh, how are you doing, Hank? I'm, o- I'm okay. It was, it was uh, pretty nice out today and sunny. It was. I yes, went out yes. and looked at my Corvette. I thought real hard about driving it, but there might have been a little bit of salt dust still on the roads from a few weeks ago. Okay. So I, I just I just wiped her down with a chamois cloth uh-huh. and uh-huh. looked at it. What's this uh, jacket situation you got going on? Well, it's a little cold out, so I'm wearing my <laughs> Heartbeat of America jacket. Mm. Love it. Mm. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, for those of you that didn't listen last week, Hank and I had a bit of a, a, a kerfuffle, I guess. He was attacking my me my person. Um, Ethan, did you have... I think you, you mentioned you had some stuff you wanted to talk to Hank about tonight, well, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, I was hoping to do this off, off camera. Hank, thank you for being here. Sure. You know, I was listening back to the episode last week, and... You know, we kind of kind of got off the beaten path there a little bit with some some thoughts and opinion. And you know, I mean, we try to keep it light and keep politics and and things like that out of it. So that was really all I wanted to say. You know, just just be you know conscious of that. So you're saying the First Amendment doesn't apply here? Well, I'm not gonna go so far as to say that. Are you concerned about the snowflakes' feelings? Well, you know, I'm not. He's obviously not concerned about my feelings. Well, yeah, I guess you're one of them <laughs> snowflakes, you know. There's such a thing as like cancel culture is very real, you know, in this oh, day. Oh, like and the age. FCC? Like the FCC. Yeah, right. So what those guys do to TV, right? That governing body there. Well, yeah. but they just say you can't say swear words and stuff like that, which I agree with. You shouldn't be profane. Yeah, yeah. But beyond that, you know, First Amendment applies. <laughs> Should anyway. I do think, uh, I guess, to, to lighten things back up here a little bit now that we've got the legal mumbo-jumbo uh, out of the way, uh, Hank, last week we talked about your uh, your first appearance on, on TikTok in, in that or- talking about that orange C6 ZR1. I saw it come up on Instagram this week, and it really kind of it went a little viral. That was a nice car. Yeah. It'd be How nice you- if I could afford something like that. I mean, it was. I mean, it was a gorgeous car, and I, I love the color. And you know, there's lots of comments. Have you seen any of the comments? No, I don't know how to get on them. Them, them appetizer things on so the phone. I, I think uh, <laughs> appetizers. Interesting. Um, I think uh, you know a lot of the comments are are pretty positive, but there's quite a few in here, Hank, that are saying that you are wrong. Them snowflakes again, probably. <laughs> See, it's yeah. something about this isn't the first ZR1. Did you say it was the first ZR1? In, well, in- yeah, that first C6 ZR1, but you know they told me I gotta 
talk in less than two minutes for the whole thing. And so, you know, you leave out some of the, the finer points trying to trying to be tight there and, and get everything in. And, you know, they're paying me, so I, I did what they told me to do. Hmm. Well, I think, you know, it's probably best that you can't read the comments because I think you did a fantastic job. And, you know, the, everybody, there are just a lot of haters out there. What are some of these morons saying, huh? Well, I've just seen a, a few that are like, that's not sure the first year of the ZR1. They don't know nothing about Corvettes. I'm sorry, what was that? There's been three that I've scrolled past so far that are like, not the first year of the ZR1. Well, no kidding. First year, question mark. No kidding. They think I'm ignorant or something. I think so. Somebody was in, some folks are in here complaining about the price, but that's not your problem. Uh, everyone forgets the ZR1 CR4 or C4. Do you think everybody forgets the C4 ZR1? No. <laughs> but that person doesn't even know that wasn't the first CR1. Does he think that was the first CR1? I don't know. There's here's another one. C3 and C4 ZR1s looking at this first ZR1 in quotes confused. Well, that guy knows what he's talking about because the C3 was the first ZR1. Was In 1970, it was the first ZR1. Absolutely. It was a lightweight package, and they it was the first year that they put the 350 uh, LT1 engine in a Corvette. It was actually less horsepower than the L88, but they stripped out all the, the superfluous stuff, you know, air conditioning and power windows, and it was a real, it was a real racehorse. It was great around the track. It was very, very rare. I'd actually like to have one of those. It's almost as rare as my Corvette. But yours is still a little bit rare. Well, they made less in my color and option combo than they mm -hmm. did of the, Z, the 1970 ah, gotcha. ZR1. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, hopefully, Doug and Ethan will have you back the next time there's a pretty spicy Corvette here in stock. Uh, and, uh, I'd like to. I sure like that cash. <laughs> He's it talking a great. lot about how much he's paid. He's making me a little jealousy. Yeah, Maybe we should talk about that off. He got a he got a big old check in the mail <laughs> off that video. Alrighty, well, well thank I got you. paid cash too. Margaret doesn't have to know about it. That's good. That's good. Nor Smart. Uncle Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, Hank, thanks for coming down again. Everybody, that was the Corvette Curmudgeon brought to you unwittingly by the Corvette Buy Sell Trade Group on Facebook. That is your source for cranky boomers, overpriced Corvettes, and reinforced stereotypes. I uh, I was excited that somebody offered us you and you and me free admission to the Corvette museum. If we ever wanted to go oh, visit, really? Where yeah, did I apparently know Hank this? is popular down there? Oh, heck yeah. Because the, the employees of the museum have to deal with Hanks <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so they love parodies, <laughs> but there is a 30th anniversary, uh, event coming up. 30th anniversary fall. of what? The the Corvette Museum. Oh. And uh, apparently it's a big pilgrimage for Corvette people. There's expected to be six to 8,000 rare Corvettes there. Rare. Wow. Right. Um, <laughs> Sounds like something I could use a 98 the pace Mecca car for. In an incredible in twist of irony, I've been asked to go speak there. <laughs> Have you really? <laughs> <Yes>. What? <laughs> Wait, you or Hank? Yeah, that's <laughs> what we're trying to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I was like, "What? Well, who do you want? Yeah. Yeah, which, which one of me? There's a couple. Honestly, I would like to see the Corvette Museum just to say that I've gone. But You haven't gone? I've never been. It's I've awesome. I've driven past it probably four times. Well, now you have an open, you have a standing invitation. I guess I do. Like, yeah. I really want to see that uh, C5R street car, like the only one that exists. Oh, that is yes. the only thing that I really, I want really to want own to see. that. That's like <laughs> well, the yes. ultimate corvette for me do you think they'll let hank take it for that a is spin? my corvette <laughs> best corvette <laughs> oh, so good 
Oh, gosh. Oh, so I, <laughs> I forgot about this kind of ties into shrewd negotiator, but one of the auction things I wanted to touch on as well in, in, in terms of like learning lessons of, of how we should do what we do. And, and if you're trying to sell your car, buy a car, what's the best course of action? And I've spoken a lot about the online auctions versus the physical auctions and how they're just a far better value proposition. But, and this follows from the Corvette curmudgeon, the Corvette curmudgeons of this world are dead set on sending their cars to auctions like Barrett Jackson and Meekum because, oh man, that's, look, they set a record for this ZR one So I'm going to send my nothing Corvette C5 there. And some unfortunate Corvette curmudgeon found out that this is not the best way to go. And, and it really isn't. They're selling thousands of cars that week. It's like a six or seven day auction run. So you can't have every car set records. And there's times when people are exhausted and not there and the cameras aren't in the room and nobody cares. And sure enough, a friend of mine scored a 2000 Corvette C5, clean Carfax, 65,000 miles. And he bought it for 9,500 bucks. What? What? That's it? It's a $15,000 car. Oh, my goodness. But that means the seller net a little bit over seven grand after all the oh, stuff. Oh, man. So he took a 50% haircut to sell his car on TV. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. Was there anything like special about it? Like nope. Interesting color, like air just no, kind of pretty. But uh, that's a $15,000 car all day, all day. That's but that crazy. guy's no, I'm gonna sell my sell my car to Barry Jackson. He probably told a dealer that he wasn't gonna sell it to him. Are you lowballers? <laughs> I'm selling for a penny less than 12 grand. And he takes seven. Oh, that hurts. It's why Barrett Jackson serves alcohol. It's one to fuel the bidding and other so Hanks can cry in their light beer. Oh man. It's I don't understand why people do that. The, the auctions are great. If the physical auctions are great, if you have the right car, special car, unique car, and the right runtime, you got to negotiate for like, you know, Friday evening, Saturday evening, something like that. And man, don't send your Corvette C5 automatic. Oh, it was an auto too. To Barrett uh. Jackson. Why would you do that? Well, you put it on the dang Corvette buy sell <laughs> trade page where everybody's looking for one with a clean title for ten grand. Oh, so well, I think you touched on it last week. It's just there's all of the glitz and glam, and and they're in, like essentially an advertising company, kind of because it's yep. this whole event. There's all these TV shows, and you know I know plenty of people who love to sit there and watch those events because they like to see all the cars and, you know, they're like, oh, look at what this went for. And it's kind of similar to what we do on Bring a Trailer, but like just a different generation, right. different vibe. But you're like at the bar watching it, but it's at the cars are going yeah. across. I mean, I would like to go just for that. Give me a drink. Let me see all these cool cars. Good to go. That's what we yeah. do at like Amelia and stuff yeah, is we just hang out. It's super fun but as a spectator. Yeah, I could not imagine... I would never send any of my cars to an auction like that. Right. Ugh. I've bought more cars at those types of auctions than I have sold, if that says anything. Yes, you can get some crazy money for some, but you can also not. So um, speaking of, again, negotiation and how to get uh, the most bang for your buck in, uh, in buying or selling, 
we're covering the Shrewd Negotiator. And this week, we had so many, so many good, so many epically shrewd negotiations, attempts anyway. Um, the first one, first place, no, we're going to go, we got to do the best. You got to go third place to first place. Okay. So right. in third place of all the ones submitted to us this week. Uh, this one comes from the uh, My Car is Fully Loaded Has Every Option book, which Beautiful. always means it doesn't. Uh, it was a 997.2 Turbo S Coupe, and his description says, very highly optioned with heated seats. It's like 400 bucks. Every Jeep has them. Sport Chrono. That's eh, fine. White stitching. Deviated stitching. Bose Premium Sound. Just standard on the turbo. Center lock wheels, which is standard on the turbo. Carbon ceramic brakes, which is standard <laughs> on the Turbo S. So he listed three actual options and three standard things to say it's very highly optioned. Was there a bunch of... Now, okay, this oh, is wait, excluding... No, it, uh, next, it was et cetera. Oh, et cetera. <laughs> gotcha. The coverage is real blanket. Right. Now, I know there's a bunch of exclusive manufacturer stuff you can do, but like... Standard options. There couldn't have been that many on a Turbo S. Or like not or standard. Like non-standard. Non-standard. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Normal options, options, I guess. No, you could go crazy. Um, th- on the Turbos and Turbo Ss, they made a lot of things standard that were optional on lower models. So Bose and full leather and a bunch of stuff like that was all standard. And on the S, carbon ceramic brakes were standard. But you could still go crazy. Oh, okay. Um, you can do individual leather bits on, you know, the key surround and the vent surround. And the you could do the vent slats in leather. Oh. You can go nuts. Plus, you can do the CXX special wishes stuff. Gotcha. And do things in different colors or, or whatever. So, yeah, you can option them up. Gotcha. But that's exactly why when somebody says, like, oh, it has heated seats and <laughs> stitching. It's got every option. Fully loaded. No. You just, you, you started, you, you got on the first page of the option sheet anyway. So Tyler, take it away with our second place contender. All right. The second one comes to us from Facebook marketplace. Uh, this is a 1989 Pontiac Firebird. It's Trans- actually not. Oh, well, I, that's, I'm just I'm I know. looking at my notes. Look at the photo. It's like, a I don't have the photo thing. Okay. Well, he listed it as the wrong year. He's off to a great start. Uh, okay, description. Runs, drives, needs finished, brakes, first thing, no hood, no gas tank, original miles, clean car, title numbers matching, 3500 OBO, trades welcome, Harleys, two-stroke dirt bikes, what you got, HMU. Uh, there was no punctuation in there. I'm Boomer talker, hit me up. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, there's, wait, okay. Um, I like brakes, first thing. I think that's my favorite part of that is... It doesn't have a hood or a gas tank, but you got to do How does it run and drive if it doesn't have a gas tank? <laughs> you just got like a, a hose into the, just, the injectors, just like pouring it from a, holds a, a, gas a gallon. over the yeah. roof like when, <laughs> when he rolls Gravity it down the fed. driveway. And it doesn't have brakes. I'm, I'm really... So I have so many questions. But it's numbers matching, Doug. I that's a dubious claim <laughs> for a car like this. I love when people say that on a car that there's no possible way to verify that. A $3500 Project 70s Firebird that we don't even know if it has an engine but he claims it runs and drives and you want me to believe him that it's numbers matching? 
which all that really means is all the body panels are there except for the hood. Um, but it's like engine transmission is when people say numbers matching, they mean like engine and transmission belong to this VIN, right? For the most part. Yes. Or it, no, it, it, yes, but that doesn't mean they're the same number. Um, yeah, yeah, but they mean, like belong yes, to that that car. is what was produced. That's what it came with from the factory. That's what they put in at the factory. Um, there was literally only one picture of this car, and it was like the rear half of the passenger side door and half of the rear quarter and like three quarters of the wheel. It was just like that, and that was it. And it looked like it was finished in like the skim coat primer. Nice. Oh, yeah. Neat finish. It's the thing that hides all sins. It was. I bought a car, a '68 Firebird, back long time ago. Totally got shrewdly negotiated, and I'm having like flashbacks to that because that was finished in the skim coat primer and had the steely wheels just like this, which screams like I started a project and can't finish it, and I'm hiding everything. And it had a, a 350 V8 that was dropped in it, and I bought it on eBay, and I got the car, and I realized that they had literally just dropped it in the chains from the engine hoist were still around the v8 they just like put it in and it was resting on the frame cross member oh yeah <laughs> yeah sketch was yeah. it even bolted to anything or just sitting there nope nice just sitting there <laughs> All asphalt right. uh, Asphalt Serpent on YouTube said the dirt bike is legal tender on Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> which I appreciate. They need to add an option for like, okay, $3,500 or how many dirt bikes are you looking for to, to make this deal happen? <laughs> That's great. That's great. Oh, man. Needs finished. Yeah, it, it, it needs started. Um, all right. Number one shrewd negotiator of the week. This will be brought to you by Nuts for Sticks. Nuts for Sticks is a brand celebrating the manual transmission in all its forms. So forget the flappy paddles because we like shifting ourselves. Check out our fun and funny stick-themed shirts at nutsforsticks.com and save 10% on your order using the discount code SWITCHCAST. That is nutsforsticks.com and use code SWITCHCAST. And I do want to mention that we have a brand new t-shirt design, a new Switch Cars logo, which is a hint of our new website coming. Oh. Uh, we also have Keep Your Woman But Switch Cars uh, shirts back in stock. We sold out twice, but they are back. So tell your wife to get one for you for Valentine's Day. It is uh, implicit permission for you to buy whatever car you want. Um, so it's a solid investment, 20 bucks for a t-shirt, and it's a, it's a hall pass. A um, car hall pass, the best thing. Right, <clears throat> right. And then we have crazy discounts on clearance uh, of our old stock. So get on there, get some, get some swag. All right, our number one shrewd negotiator this week. This is a real inquiry. Uh, shared with permission, I did pull this um, from a private dealer discussion page, but so I don't get banned from there. I did get permission from the poster to use this. This was an actual inquiry he got, uh, unsurprisingly, on a new Ram 1500. <laughs> I can't even. I'm so ready for this. This is going to be good. I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have done the commercial break here. While Doug gets it out of his system, he gets a har. Nah, it's so good. I can, I can keep a straight face for <laughs> Hank, but I can't read this crap. Quote, 
I got a lion in the cage. He's already broke out and been on the news and everything, but I'm have him concealed now. I told to put him down, but he's over a hundred grand and I got to get something for my buck buck. Can I do a trade? What the heck is any of that? I thought they were talking about a wild animal at one point. <laughs> they are. Yeah, they <laughs> what? Are. Wait, they he are. sent a photo. What? Of a lion in the cage. This Joe Exotic is trying to get a new truck. Oh, my God. Wait, so. <laughs> Try to keep up, Ethan. Yeah, that's just. I, I can't. That's just absolutely <laughs> preposterous. So you tried to. So was this to like uh, this was to a dealer of some kind? Yes. So he tried to say, I've got a lion. Yep. It's, he's already broken he out of the cage once. Yeah. It was on the news. Which I appreciate so the it's honesty. It's famous lion's been on the news. Yeah. yeah. Famous. It's got cred. He's got right. uh, he's got clout. Yeah. Um, I appreciate the honesty that, hey, he probably knows how to get out. Cats are pretty smart. And figure his way out. But uh, it'll be fine. And then he wants to trade that in, this lion, this living thing. That he paid over 100 grand for. Oh, my God. Who had? Oh, I entirely. I thought that was the price of the truck. He paid $100,000 for a cat? Uh-huh. A big cat. A real big cat. Yeah. yeah. I, oh. Okay, if you have that kind of money to spend on a cat, what the heck are you doing trying to, to negotiate on a truck? <laughs> Unless that was I all don't know he was, if he was negotiating. He was just trying to trade. <laughs> that, guy like never, that guy is never going to financially recover from that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Dan nice. Yeah, I think, though, when... Um, I didn't check the news article, but I'm pretty sure when the lion broke out, he... <laughs> Went down Main Street. Hmm. I'm not even going to give that an AO. Just, we're just going <laughs> to leave that. <laughs> it, it's oh, not, yes. Gotta um, making me not be able to breathe over here. If you like this show still, <laughs> if you're still listening, uh, please uh, leave us a review. Uh, five star only. If you don't like it, then just stop listening. Um but yes, please leave us a review wherever you are listening to the podcast, uh, especially on those audio platforms. It helps out the algorithm. Share it with your friends. Um, if you don't like the show, share it with your enemies and um, <laughs> waste their time. Uh, we very, very much appreciate it. It all helps. We have been growing, and we know that is due to you guys and, of course, Ethan. Um, well, and all right. Tyler and you and everyone who comes. Right, in. right, right. But we could be the awesomest show in, in on the planet. And if nobody shares and helps out the algorithms, nobody will find us. So, um, And we appreciate the kind feedback as well. We've gotten some really, really great notes and, and stuff like that. So that's, that's always encouraging. Um, it's time for the big news. The big news. There Can is, we get a drum roll? On bah, 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 there is a new cannonball record. It's good, yeah. It is one of the most important and significant records, cannonball records, of all time. So does that mean it's a new overall? It's one, yes, it is an overall record. Hmm. Fastest time across the country. In, with? Single, solo driver, one person. Okay. 51 days. Hmm. Okay. Not the unit of measure I was expecting. Right. He did it in a 1902 California machine, which is a motorized bicycle. What? 
Not today? Right. No, 1903. So, in the past, over the past year, a number of us have been researching transcontinental record history, known more uh, as Cannonball, right? Um, a lot of people think that Irwin, quote-unquote, Cannonball Baker was the first person to across the country set a cannonball record and that's why we call it cannonball that is why we call it cannonball but he was not the first nor were his first runs the fastest there was a number of records set prior to him up until now we believe that there was two records set in 1903 the first one was 64 days and the second one was 62 days both in automobiles one of them with a, a dog which was kind of cool um, we have learned in the last week, thanks to research by Jay Roberts, our uh, uh, Gonzo Prius, Prius Cannonballer guy, um, that, um, whoops, I forgot the guy's name. <laughs> George A. Wyman. Wyman. Thank you. Yes, well, that's Gonzo Prius is actually right. watching on Instagram. George Wyman set a record 20 days before the previously known as the first transcontinental crossing on this 1902 California machine motorized bicycle. And he did it 13 days faster than a team in a car. And he was on this motorized bicycle. That's kind of crazy. Days on in a bicycle. That's fantastic. Yes. According to Jay, one of the teams in the car, they all happened within like, a couple months of each other. Um, I guess when you, it takes a couple months to do the run and there's only six months of not winter in a year, then <laughs> they all kind of overlap. But uh, according to Jay, uh, one of the the teams in a, an automobile started before George Wyman and George passed them on his little <laughs> motorized bicycle along the way. Amazing. It's like the most dumb and dumber <laughs> record ever. <laughs> what kind of gas mileage you get on that hog? <laughs> I, I, these early cannonball records are so cool because it's about uh, pioneering. It's about the, you know, the American spirit, the American dream. It's about um, the advent of this type of technology. Uh, this stuff happened before there was roads let alone interstate highways they were you know horse trails and just rutted out there was washed out bridges there was i mean it was primitive as primitive gets well it's like i'm trying to think like this was probably 51 you said 51 days right 51 yes. days uh riding a motorized bike on a dirt road which sounds awful miserable right like right and how would you even I probably the same way the automobile did, but it's like, how did he route and by himself? And that 51 days is a long time, but I cannot imagine doing that in the wilds of the U.S. at that point. Right. Uh, there's no highway, like you said, no highways. Right. So now I have this compelling <clears throat> desire to buy a 1902 California machine. <laughs> how much does one of those run? Uh... I mean, it's cool to have the timeline. This guy did it first. We did it last. Yeah. I mean, Maybe somebody else will do it, but as of this moment, you know. Does a Crawford have one of those in their vault? <laughs> I really don't know. I don't know. But that'd, I that'd have a feeling great. after this podcast, vintage California machines are going to skyrocket <laughs> yep. in value. You should totally like take the, uh, the record of a California machine cannonball away from this dead guy. 
<laughs> Can you imagine Doug? We could give him like I a leather to. cap and like goggles. And just yeah, like, like one of the ascots or scarves yeah. or whatever. You know, it's it's <laughs> actually been a discussion we've had because I hold that the old Cannonball records are far more interesting and a bigger accomplishment than the new ones. Like ours are highly illegal. So like, that's the biggest thing now. It's just like all the technology required to not get arrested for speeding. But other than that, it's like, well, we're in German super sedans that are made for the Autobahn. They have massage seats and air conditioning and like, (laughs) it's a walk in the park. It's, it's a, it's a big nothing burger. But these guys, like Erwin Cannonball Baker doing it in 53 and a half hours in 1934? Like, okay, they had the Lincoln Highway, so at least it was paved pretty much all the way across the country. But 53 and a half hours. When we went ooh, to... Uh, didn't even have radial tires. Yeah, we went ah. to... I forget. Gosh, I cannot remember the name of the auto museum. We went to uh, on the East Coast, uh, would be a couple years ago Simeon. now. Yeah, we went there and they had one of the cars that he used. And looking at that and looking at like the, essentially the wooden folding chair that right. was the seat. Stutz Bearcat. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like totally I cannot open imagine. Car, no top, wooden wheels. That is not a comfortable ride. No. And like there's no storage. Like you can't take anything with you. And again, we even at that point, you run into like, where do you stop? How do you know what you're going to run into? How do you make sure you have food? Like, Well, the, the interesting <clears throat> thing about the early transcontinental runs is because they were um they were highly competitive but they were also had the endorsement of car manufacturers so these car manufacturers would hire uh erwin baker and others to do these runs for them because they were trying to prove the reliability of their product Mm -hmm. so the auto manufacturers would want as much publicity as possible. And of course the drivers would as well. So there would be tons and tons of news. So it it was like the modern day gumball rallies, like at the start and the finish, there was giant crowds of people and reporters and stuff. And they would have, um, escorts into cities across their destination with reporters there and find meals prepared for them at hotels and stuff. So it's interesting that modern day uh, super luxe rallies that we as cannonballers kind of make fun of for just being like bougie, you know, parties with drives in between is is kind of actually uh, hearkening back to the early transcontinental uh, drives across country, you know. So, I, I mean, Erwin Baker didn't stop at hotels and stay the night. He kept going. But <laughs> it's reading about these things. There was so much press uh, surrounding these runs. Um, so they had everything they needed because they had support. Now when you do it, nobody wants anything to do with press. Nobody wants to sponsor it. Nobody wants to be associated with it because of the illegality of it or the potential liability if, if something, God forbid, goes wrong. So... It's uh, it's it's interesting to see how it's changed and transformed over the years. But it's it's very very interesting to research and, and find out about these early uh, transcontinental records. It's really a really neat part of automotive history. I can't, that is not what I expected out of this. I didn't. Uh, for those of you listening, I did not ask Doug what the heck he was talking about this entire time. I was like, <laughs> oh, there's a new record. Okay, I guess we'll just learn about it with you guys. Um, I did not cool. tell Tyler either about the Lion King or 
<laughs> or the cannonball record. Uh, this is authentic reality. Kip Diggs on YouTube said a little bit ago, there's a Ford dealer near Nashville, and their tagline is, we'll trade for anything that don't eat. So unfortunately, the line isn't good there, but I guess they'll take just about anything. <laughs> which, that don't eat. <clears throat> I wonder what they've taken in. Hmm. There's got to be some crazy stuff. But anyway, that's... Uh, yeah, I'm just. I, mean, I feel uh, like you can't take in any uh, rear wheel drive muscle car because they eat tires. <laughs> Ew. I'll give that an ale. Um Devin Ruckus said he's just over here, picture back to the Cannonball uh, record, picturing this guy going across miles of Oklahoma nothingness, just like going. <laughs> it does sound miserable. It uh, had to be miserable. <laughs> yeah, that's. Clem Fleet on Instagram says he wants to see x-rays of this guy's spine post trip. Uh, Seriously. That'd be insane. Jay Uh, said that, uh, based on his reading of the events, that it took this guy months to recover physically. Don't doubt it. Yeah. After doing this. But um, I got sidetracked earlier, but um, something that we as modern cannonballers were thinking about doing is recreating some of the early runs or routes like let's drive the Lincoln highway across country. Now it's all traffic lights and stuff, but let's take a car from that era and drive the non highway routes and see if it's possible with all of today's infrastructure to do it faster than they did way back then. So you're going to take a Stutz Bearcat on the link. What is now the Lincoln highway? You and Ed Bolian just side by side (laughs) or Arnie. Sorry. Arnie is more appropriate. What am I talking about? Just with I, I just want the leather caps and the big old goggles. If, That's all so, I, if somebody would sponsor this, I would do it. I'm not going to go buy a stud spare cap. I'm not going to go do all that crap. But if it, it's an idea I've had that I think it would be fun to try to recreate, because I mm-hmm. honestly think those records were far more difficult and and far more amazing than anything we do in the modern day. But but don't you think like no matter how you attempt to recreate or to make it authentic with whatever gear that you're actually using, you will never truly be able to exp- even if you take the most back road roads as imaginable, right? You will still never fully experience what these guys were experiencing. No, not at all. Not at all. You can't. Which is the bummer of it, you know. But you could at least say, okay, we have different challenges now in terms of traffic and intersections and stoplights and urban sprawl and everything. They had ruts and animals that might try to kill them and polio polio and food starvation. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, It would be cool to try to recreate that in some way. So if anyone would like to uh, loan me and Artie a 1934 Graham Page Model 57, we'll see if we can do it in less than 53 and a half hours, not using any interstate highways. That would be fascinating. Probably miserable, but you'd have a good story. Good Vin Wiki video. (laughs) Yeah. Great podcast episode. (laughs) We'll live stream the whole thing. Yeah. That'd be great. (laughs) 51 day live stream. (laughs) Get all that engagement. On a motorcycle. Can I do it holding a selfie stick? The whole time. Yeah. (laughs) And it'll just be all vibrations. Really? They have the. the, the You get the stabilizer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. We can watch your spine give out in real time, slowly. This this trip brought to you by Soul and Chiropractic. 
And this podcast brought to you by Celebrity Machines. Celebrity Machines is a proud sponsor of SwitchCast, and they offer more than 250 different screen-accurate license plates as they've appeared in movies and TV shows like Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad, and so many more. Celebrity Machines also makes our dealer insert plates as well as our commemorative 2539 plates from the fastest cannonball run ever. Visit CelebrityMachines.com for more info and use promo code SWITCHCAST to save 25.39% at checkout. Well, um, we've had so much fun tonight that we've run out of time to talk about some of the EV news. Uh, But in order not to be clickbaity, I'm just going to go through the articles really, really quickly that we're going to discuss next week. So Mercedes E-Actros electric semi hits 330 miles with full load. Costs $100 to fill up an EV Hummer. Hertz is selling off 20,000 EVs and reducing their EV fleet in favor of gas cars. But according to Car and Driver, EVs are just getting started. ICBC scraps 2022 Hyundai Hyundai Ionic. Ionic. How do you pronounce a Q at the end of a word? After owners get a $60,000 battery bill and Lordstown Motors, an electric truck company, is restarting as Land X, even though Lordstown Motors went bankrupt, but it's the same CEO. Odd. Questions. So many questions there. (laughs) So many questions. Um, With that, though, it is time for the props and flops of the week. And I didn't even get to the scaminator. Oh. We going to squeeze it in, Doug? Mm, We'll save this one for next week. All right. We'll save this one for (laughs) next week. All right. Got to stick to our schedule. Props and flops are brought to you by Switch Cars. And Switch Cars is the enthusiast's dealership where we buy, sell, consign, service, and store only cars that we'd like ourselves. Check out our handpicked inventory at switchcars.com. Apparently, redesign incoming. Our pick of the week from Switch Cars inventory is what? Uh, it was between two black cars tonight, but just for Tyler, I'm oh. going with the 2004 996 GT3 because this. Uh, so much want. Ugly headlight, Metzger powered, <laughs> amazing to drive car is his dream car, that or 993. Oh, want. And it has 27,000 miles, clean history, uh, service record since 2005. Uh, no range to over revs. That's important for the nerds here. And uh, Tyler could buy it for only $120,000. Well, I give him an employee discount here. <laughs> but uh, you can buy it for 120 k or 119 if you ma- mention discount code SwitchCast. Can I, like, double up on discounts? If I mention SwitchCast <laughs> and I'm also an employee, do I just get that? Every little bit helps, Doug. <laughs> no, nah, it's like the four-day plan. You can... <laughs> Doesn't it's not compatible with other offers. Is there a SwitchCast A plan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to pay more. <laughs> uh, a flop of the week. Um, get ready, people. This is a sad one. Usually, we like to make fun of dumb things, but this one, this one isn't great. Uh, we have made fun of the street takeovers in the past uh, because they are really, really just stupid. <laughs> 
Um, for those of you that don't know, it's those videos online that you see with people doing donuts in intersections and they shut down the intersection and there's hundreds of people around and usually people get hit and go flying off of cars, but the people that get hit are like trying to get video of the car, like right in front of the car. So it's kind of like the Darwin awards on social media. Um, but this one ended quite poorly. There was, a a, a charger Dodge charger that had a a stolen engine in it. No surprise there. I feel like every freaking uh, vehicle at those um, events are stolen. But there was a 23-year-old daredevil driver. He was doing donuts in his uh, Charger that had been wrapped, or no, Chrysler 300, that had been wrapped uh, with like a U-Haul rental uh, livery. I'm sure U-Haul is not too pleased about this. Um, and he drifted into a parked, uh, uh, not semi truck, a Kenworth fuel truck, mm. and oh. it, the car is like the the passenger side just isn't there. It is now the driver's side. The whole thing is bent. Oh, but like, gosh. there's video right before this, and you see, you know, they like hanging out of their cars. There's people that'll sit in the trunk while they're drifting around. So there's people hanging out of the cars, and Two people died, one is in critical condition, and the driver was, like, totally fine. Oh, it's man. It's this stuff. I, I mean, Ugh. PSA, right? Like, I like speeding, whatever you want to call it. I like driving spiritedly. But there's a time and a place, and there's this thing of, like, know your limits, right? People who drive fast on the highways, do cannonball, stuff like that, are not this menace to society. It is this crap, this street takeover crap that is, that is giving a terrible name to automotive culture. And I don't even think like this is car culture. This is hood culture. It's people stealing cars, destroying them, having no regard for other people's lives, for anything that's going on. And it is, it's just terrible. I mean, the the videos are, I hate to say it. They're a little bit entertaining. The ones where people just like go flying off like rag dolls when they get hit by a car. Cause you know, well, they're not unalive. They're just, you know, they're just hurt and they're kind of getting what they deserved. If you try to film a drifting car from six inches away and you get run over, then whatever. But when people die, especially when it's passengers, it's just, it's just sad. It really is. Wow. I just um, looked up photos of this crash and it is gnarly yeah yeah oh. and it, i was thinking too about this right so I, I was thinking about like oh, okay everybody's filming right you, you watch these videos and it's like it's so dumb because you just see people with their phone in front of their face they're not even there they're just filming to try to get a bunch of likes on whatever social media and it's almost like well if you took away social media you wouldn't have this problem but that's the same thing that people said about our cannonball record is, well, if you didn't give them their 15 minutes of fame, nobody would be out doing the cannonball. And it's like, no, we would do it anyway because we're doing it for our own personal accomplishment. And these street takeover things, not to get political here, but it's not because of social media. It's It's because their parents aren't around. It's because there's no discipline happening. It's because, like Hank would say, we have a bunch of snowflakes. There's no rule of law. There's no, you know, 
there's no consideration for other people. It's all about feelings and trigger words and, and crap like that. And yet you have people just out there destroying property, stealing cars and running over each other. And, you know, they have nobody telling them that that isn't okay. Um, it's, it's a sad state of our country and it's a really bleak picture in my mind of, of kind of like the next generation, but yeah, I'm sorry. I went real dark there, but this is real. This is real news. This is happening. It's, it's a part of car culture and it's something that I think needs to just stop, but it's, you know, it's, I, I, you know, it's a symptom. That's, that's not the root root problem. It's, it's just things that yeah, people with, with no, no morals and no regard are doing. So sorry, that was kind of a long rant. But anyway, uh, uh, prop of the week. I wish I had a better prop to like come back up from this. But this was on theme of some of the EV stuff we were going to talk about. But um, the Toyota CEO is uh, committing to ICE development, uh, internal combustion engines. So we had talked a little bit before about how they were leaning heavily into hybrids and kind of getting away from uh, investment so much into EVs like some of the other companies are because uh, the hybrids are better technology. But uh, according to car expert, um, Toyota is renewing its commitment to piston power thanks to a directive from company chairman and long-term car guy, Akio Toyota. Um, he says to all those who have made engines up until now, let's continue to make engines. He wants to protect, um, you know, the employment of the people who are, uh, experts in that field who are working for Toyota's company. And he also says essentially like there's room for multiple different types of ingenuity and types of power in this industry. It's not like there's one direction. There's, there's all ways we can go. There's, uh, great uh, energy uh, to be had from a number of different sources. Um, he said it better than I summarize this. Uh, but um, yeah, because, quote, because we're car liver lovers, we can build the future. My desire to enjoy cars makes me want to try various technologies. This is something that I'm serious about, end quote. And I think that kind of sums it up in terms of where I'm at on the whole EV thing. It's not that I'm anti-EV. It's that I'm anti-EV mandate. EV is not the only way. Internal combustion is not the only way. There's a number of different technologies out there for the future that uh, all solve problems, and I think there's a lot of different ways we can go. Absolutely. I can't say any of that better, but just it's refreshing to hear that a uh, leader of a very large automotive corporation is sharing some of the the feelings that we have, and I hope that continues. Yeah, um, yeah. Richard Hammond said it very well. He yes. brought up some of his quotes in an interview, but uh, he has yeah, some the, fantastic stuff to say on the there's, subject. There's a lot of room for a lot of different technology here, um, as long as we're not close minded. So anyway. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Please stick around if you're watching live. We'll have our bonus Q&A, live Q&A. We want to interact with you. Um, so stick around and we'll have tip talk after this. Uh, but for the rest of you listening on audio, thank you again for joining us. Again, please like, share, subscribe, all those things. Thank you to my uh, co-host over here, Tyler Sanders, the official supplier of banter. Thank you to our sponsors, Boxcast, Nuts for Sticks, Switch Cars, Celebrity Machines, 
Parallel Printworks and Stephen Holm Woodworking, to our producer, Ethan Huffnagel, and uh, our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivory. You can stream the full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available next Monday in audio format wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday at 8 p.m. as we look forward to edifying, educating, and entertaining you on the drive of your life.